You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's great assistance in 5769, 2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Hazinu. We have one day left as I sit here recording this until Yom Kippur. And I want to give one last thought, one final thought about tshuva and what Yom Kippur means, what the opportunity that Yom Kippur affords us. And I'd like to bring it out from a certain verse, which is a little bit scary in this week's Parsha. So the verse says at the very end of the parsha, chapter 32, verse 51, Hashem, God is speaking to Moses, to Moshe Rabbeinu, and He brings him up upon Haravorim, on this mountain, and He says to him, look out upon the land of Israel, you're not going to be able to enter there. And God explains to him why, why He's not going to be able to enter into the land of Israel. And He says to him as follows, Because you did not listen to me when you were in the midst of the people of Israel, on those fighting waters, was fighting waters, meaning God had commanded him to speak to the rock, and instead of speaking to the rock so that the waters should come out, instead Moses hit the rock, which on his exalted level was a transgression. Because you did not sanctify my name amongst the people of Israel. So now when we examine this verse, if we look at it carefully, so it seems to repeat the same exact thing twice. First it says, Asher ma'altem bi, that you didn't listen to me. Meaning you didn't listen and you didn't speak to the rock. And then it says, Because you did not sanctify my name. Meaning, you didn't sanctify my name by speaking to the rock. It seems to be a repetition of the same exact thing. Why is God, when He's saying over this transgression that Moshe did, that Moses did, why does He say it in a double way? Why, what's the understanding of this? So, as I read this verse, so this question actually I saw asked by Rabbi Shimon Schwab, but I was thinking about a different thing that I read in a different sefer by the Gra, Rabbi Elio Mivilna, that he said, the Gon Mivilna, the genius of Vilna, he said a beautiful understanding of an important concept that we have, which is called Din V'Cheshben. We know that God judges us after a person passes away, there's a Din V'Cheshben, which literally means there's a judgment and there's an accounting. And of course we also have a Din V'Cheshben, a judgment and an accounting that occurs on Rosh Hashanah as well. That's the Day of Judgment for the entire world. And on that day, it's determined what's going to be for the following year. And we have ten days, as we've mentioned previously, we have ten days to do tshuva, to repent, to come to God and apologize and say how sorry we are. And during that time, we have an ability to rescind that decree, whatever decree it was. But in any event, the decree is based both when on Rosh Hashanah and when a person passes away on something called a din v'cheshbin, which is an accounting and a judgment all the way around judgment and accounting. The question is, what, why, why do we have this double thing? Why do we have a, a din v'cheshmin? Why do we have a judgment and an accounting? Why don't we just have a din? Why don't we just have a judgment or an accounting? What do we need both for? So the Gra explains that in fact, we have two different things. There's two different things to account for. First, we have a judgment. The judgment means that every single thing that a person did, that is judged. And a person, Hashem says, based on what you've done, so this is going to be the judgment. However, there's also an accounting. And this is very scary, and we're going to see soon that it's important that we understand this and internalize this, not to scare us, but to make us realize what we have to do tshuva for, because we have to know. I'm going to, Mirza Hashem, God willing, I'm going to you know, be mark, I'm going to expl- expand and expound how tshuva works and what it accomplishes for us. 
and how it takes away the sins, and it's going to take away both of these effects. But we have to understand first what we've done wrong and what the accounting is for before we can do tshuva, before we can properly repent. So we have two things. First of all, the judge's din. We have a judgment based on what we've done. But then there's a cheshbon. The cheshbon is the scary part, because, or they're both the scary part, but cheshbon is even more scary. Because what cheshbon means is that there's an accounting for every moment that a person was not doing something. Let's say a person was doing an aver, a person was doing a transgression, heaven forbid. So there's a judgment for that transgression, but there's also an accounting. The accounting means during that time you could have been doing something positive and you didn't spend that time doing something positive. That's the accounting. So there's also an accounting for time that we've wasted. There are times that we do things that aren't per se wrong. And there are times that we do things, we're just doing nothing. Let's say someone is just sitting around doing nothing. Not per se doing anything particularly wrong, but he could have spent his time doing something positive. So there's an accounting for that as well. We have to realize that it's important. I'm not talking about something, let's say a person needs to relax, or a person needs to recharge his batteries, he needs to take a vacation. So that's something that's important, and we need that in order to continue to work on our spirituality, in order to continue to learn Torah, in order to continue you know, doing whatever we need to do in order to come close to God. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about something where a person could have been spending his time productively, and he didn't use his time productively. So that's what we have. We have a din and a cheshbin. So there's a judgment on what we've done, and there's a cheshbin, an accounting, for what we haven't done. So now, I think we can use this understanding, this gra, to explain this verse. Because the verse says two things when we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem is saying two things. First of all, ma'al me. You didn't listen to me. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. That's the first thing. So that's like the din, the judgment. But the second thing is, like hidashnem I see, you had an opportunity. Not only did you do something negative by not listening to me, Hashem was saying to Moshe, but you also had an opportunity to do something positive, which you didn't do. And that positive thing was to sanctify my name, because if the Jews would have seen that, all you had to do is speak to the rock. If they would have seen that, it would have been a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, a sanctification of God's name. But that opportunity was lost and was replaced instead by not listening to the words of God. So there's two sides. Anytime a person does an aver, does a transgression. And the reason it's important that we understand this is because when we understand that, so when we come to God in Yom Kippur, when we come on the Day of Atonement, we're asking God to forgive us. And we're saying, God, we're so sorry we did this wrong. Ashamnu, bagadnu. We did this wrong, we did that wrong. We also have to realize that we have to say, I'm sorry for the things that we missed, for the opportunity that we missed. During that time when we were doing something wrong, we could have been doing something right. We could have been doing something to connect ourselves to God. And now, what, what comes out of all of this is there's something amazing about tshuva. Something that's incredible about tshuva. Because tshuva, what are we doing when we come to repent? We're coming to do tshuva. We spent our time doing something wrong. And we didn't spend our time doing something positive. And we, it would seem that we lost that opportunity and that opportunity is gone forever. But the miracle, the miraculous nature, it's above nature, it's beyond, it's above intellect. Tshuva brings us to a place which is beyond intellect. We can't understand how it's possible. But somehow with tshuva, when a person properly repents, so it's considered as if he didn't do the avera, the transgression is erased. And not only that, it's considered that that opportunity was indeed taken to fill up that time with something positive. When we do tshuva, when we show God, we're so sorry, we didn't take that opportunity. We're so sorry, we rebelled against you, God. We're so sorry, we really mean it and we really feel it. And our eyes, the tears come down from our eyes. It's something difficult. When we really think about our relationship with God, it's possible. So if we, we can reach that level, we can really feel remorse, not guilt. 
Guilt is something that makes us feel horrible, makes us feel like bad people. We don't become bad people. Totally the opposite. We are good people at the core. We're good people trying and striving to be greater. And we want to return to God and we want to say we missed our opportunity. We did something wrong. But God, please see that we're sorry. And God takes that when we do tshuva and we feel that real remorse and He, and he flips it around and He says, I forgive you for what you've done wrong. And I consider it that during that time you were doing something positive. It's an amazing thing. I'd like to point out something that I read in regards to tshuva, in regards to repentance, in a book by Rabbi Arya Kaplan. He speaks about the contrast between how a person who's done something wrong views himself and views his own guilt as opposed to the way God views a person and the way God forgives. Because he brings a story about a certain person who unfortunately he had a wife and he had a few children and he had done something that in his own eyes was horrible and unforgivable. And the thing that he had done was that he had been unfaithful to his wife and unfaithful to his family. And he was so upset and he was so torn apart by the feelings of guilt that he had that this person, so they found him in the morning, he had put himself into the garage and he had closed the door to the garage and he had let the car run such that the carbon monoxide killed him. And basically, he saw himself as doing something so unforgivable, so horrible, so dastardly, that he could never be forgiven, it was better that he die. That's how he saw himself, because he could not forgive himself. But the truth is, that was it worth it? He lost, his family lost their father. Okay, their father does something wrong. The, the wife lost her husband. Yes, he had done something wrong. But there's no room for forgiveness. He couldn't forgive himself. When it comes to God, says Arya Kaplan, it's totally the opposite. God forgives us. He takes the past and He erases the past. And I think besides for the simple you know, surface level of what we're saying here, but there's something else that's deeper here. It's something that we mentioned earlier, but it's something that I think we need to bring home. And that is that when a person does a deed, a person does something that's wrong, the message of tshuva, the message of repentance is that you do not get defined by what you've done. A person who has done something evil does not make him into an evil human being. Even if he's done something that's horribly evil, it still does not make him into an evil human being. There's no such thing as labeling. The Torah doesn't label a person as an evil person, or it doesn't label him as a permanently evil person just because of his deed. It's, that's what we say in the Yom Kippur davening, the Rosh Hashanah davening, that, that Hashem, He waits for the Rasha, the person... He seems to be a Russia, but Hashem is waiting for him. He's waiting for him to do tshuva. He's waiting for him to remove that label. The label is not true. The label is inaccurate. All a person has to do is return. Ad Hashem waits until the day of his death, until that day where there's no, lo- there's no more chances. But Hashem is waiting to the last moment and, and hoping. Let him do tshuva. If he returns, if he repents, Hashem is always waiting there and waiting for us. He's waiting for us to do tshuva. He's waiting for that person in the Russia, the person who has done something wrong, and he might even be labeled, but it's not really, that's not really his essence, because at the essence, God knows that at the essence of every human being is this spark of goodness, and that spark of goodness can be brought out. All a person has to do is return to God. So now we come into Yom Kippur, and Yom Kippur is an opportunity for us to clean the slate, to come into the new year, Tavshin Samech Tes, 5769, clean, ready to serve God with a new heart, ready to connect to spirituality with a brand new soul, clean of all stains, all the stains from previous years, all the stains that are holding us back from accomplishing what we need to accomplish, that can all be removed. All we have to do 
is sincerely repent, sincerely come back to God and say, we're so sorry for what we've done. We're so sorry for the opportunities that we've missed. And we want to take the opportunities in the future to do your will and not to, heaven forbid, rebel against you anymore. But rather to come close to you, to connect to spirituality, to connect to that which we know is ultimately true and ultimately good for ourselves. I want to bless you and me and all of us that we should all be zoch, we should all merit to Gemar Chasimatova a complete forgiveness from God and a good signing for this new year. Tashat Samech Tes for 5769 should be a year of Geula, a year of redemption, a year of Yeshua, of salvation, a year filled with blessings and closeness to God. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very good Shabbos.